Welcome back to the Blog Boy Roundtable. We're back for week seven of the college football season. We've got some pretty interesting games this week, actually. Uh, last week, uh, a couple of them turned out to snooze- into snoozers, but the Red River game was uh, pretty fun. Did you guys get a chance to watch that? What did you think about the old Red River game? Ended up going over. I thought... Uh, I thought the under was not a bad play there by Nick and Steve, but didn't quite work out there in the end. I mean, that started out with a banger of a first like five minutes. Some, sometimes <laughs> some, some games don't have as much. And then they kind of settled in as, you know, Red River is. This is just a fun rivalry game. And I am I get like conference realignment changes some of these, but I'm glad this at least is, you know, moving over to the SEC. But just its location at the state fair. The, seeing the you know the crimson and cream on one side and the burn orange on the other that's got to be a crazy atmosphere and uh, i mean the game delivered i didn't get to watch all of the game which really stinks because the ending was a banger but uh this this, this is what you want to see this is marquee football right here and it's really great to see in week six that um oklahoma texas delivered and uh i hate i hate all the oh texas stinks again it's like they played a hell of a game and yeah. you know i was gonna ask does this change your opinion of either team really because it was pretty back and forth uh for me not to jump in again but for me oh, this changed my opinion on oklahoma i thought they were good i didn't think they were this good um right now oklahoma is elite and can be part of that elite they showed they can play st- stout defense with that uh you know fourth straight uh goal line stand and not expect that but it's brent venables and uh texas for the most part this game could be a rematch in a couple months so yeah. who knows what's happening there i think both teams pretty much showed out i'm just uh, oklahoma now really prove to me that they're that put them back amongst the elites any change any change for you nathan on these teams or is it kind of it, it was kind of going to be a toss-up game and just what happened i'm annoyed at texas like you have your chance to really put a stamp like you beat alabama you cruise through september and you have your first like marquee conference game against a bitter rival to really say yes we're back we are national title contenders we are the cream of the crop and they go out and do something stupid like this. Like I, I really, for the last, what, 10 years, we have been Charlie Browned <laughs> by Texas over and over again. And I'm getting sick of it. What's, what's funny though, is this, it really, this game, you could, we could look back on this game. If both teams kind of take care of business and head into the pack or the uh, big 12 title game, we could look back on this game as not really mattering. Because if if they rematch and Texas wins, Texas, I would imagine, would get that spot in the playoff. Uh, Steve, anything from this game for you? Did you get a chance to see any of the craziness? There was, I mean, this was right up your alley. You had some fake punts, you had block punts, and that was all in like yeah, I watched, the first the first four minutes of the game. I watched the highlights. Uh, fortunately, and unfortunately, I had a pretty busy Saturday, so I didn't get a chance to watch any of the games live. But it's. You know, I don't think the perspective of Oklahoma or Texas has shifted at all because it, it's two undefeated teams. One of them is going to have to lose, not to make this sound much more simpler than it is. Um, but I, I don't think either one of these teams' trajectory has really changed because I think they both realize, hey, this is a good win or, hey, this is kind of a bad loss. This season's far, far, far from over. I mean, for Texas at least, you know, they still have everything to play for here. They're not going to drop too far in any rankings. And if they continue to win, they went out. 
you know, they're the darling child. Oklahoma, they got to keep on pounding the rock. They got to keep on, you know, chopping wood and prove that, you know, this wasn't a fluke. This was them. This was, you know, Brent Venables really doing the thing. So, yeah, really, I mean, it was it was a great, entertaining game. Uh, learned absolutely nothing about either one of these teams. They're both good. They're both able to make stupid mistakes. Uh, it's going to come down to whoever can come out of this and win the Big 12 if no one else can can compete. If West Virginia uh, falls off the wagon a little bit, then, you know, what happens uh, after uh, after that? If. <laughs> if. All right, so here's here's a – I think this is a good question to start to ease into – Week seven here, uh, but still a little bit from last week. Um, what was the dumber decision? Mario Cristobal not taking a knee at the end of that game, or myself, Vito, and Nick picking Kentucky plus 14 and a half? <laughs> uh, Mario. Uh, it's not even close. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen a football coach team do. Uh, maybe ever like you all quite like, it's not even like you needed to get a first down to win the game. Like you just needed to kneel. Like you you had it. I don't, I'll never understand. The audacity. Every time I think like I screw up something or I mess something up, there's a man in South beach. that's getting $8 million a year and he didn't kneel the ball when that's all he had to do. I would be like, I would just be thinking about it's like, did, did, did nobody ever watch the Herm Edwards highlights against the Giants when that's why you don't run the football? That's why you kneel. That's why this play exists. It's called the victory formation. And the funny thing is, the Dolphins the day after did the did that thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, are, are you are you allowed to do that? Is that something you can do?" I've never seen a play. What well, one like that wasn't even the ending, but I've never seen. A coach, I don't want to use the term stupidity. I just never seen a coach do that and at this level in my entire life. And I cannot believe that. I don't know. It's a bunch of people like us talking about it. And that's all that's going to happen. They're going to go, oh, we're going to move on. We're not even going to talk about the you know, prevent, because... the, the bad prevent defense. They didn't play in that last play. That yeah, was there was a down. cacophony of errors there. <laughs> yeah. Listen, he did. Georgia Tech was going to score after that. Like, there was just like, you That's want to talk idea. about momentum being real? Like you're you're giving up a touchdown. It like it does not matter. You can't do something that stupid and get rewarded with a win. It, it, that's just law. That's ball don't lie. That's just Steve. Ball. You were like 15 shots and 18 glasses of chocolate milk deep at this point. Did it you was un- get a chance to see this? It was unreal because. And my my future father in law is a Miami fan, and no. I, I looked at the yeah, and I, I, so we were we were at a bar and they had like all the other games on and everything, and like I saw the the Miami Georgia Tech score and it was like it, there was like a minute left at that point it was just like ticking down, and I was about to text him like oh like you know closer game than probably it should have been but hey a win is a win at least you guys won. Um, and I'm glad I stopped myself because that, I, uh, yeah, that's, that's painful. I'm just, I'm also amazed that apparently this is the second time that it's happened to Mario Cristobal who could have, should have needed to kneel to end regulation. Um, I, I think in the, uh, he did it when he was at Oregon against Stanford and 
uh, again, ran the ball when he probably should have just kneeled it. I think the game was tied at the time, but they ended up fumbling they and, three, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's, it's wild to me. And, and the other part that's wild to me is that, you know, hypothetical, let's say Mario Cristobal calls in that play and says, Hey, uh, run, run halfback dive. You know, it, did the offensive coordinator, wide receiver coach, offensive line coach, uh, there's any of the video, analysts, there's any of the video players. Of the, there's video of the offensive line coach walking up to Cristobal and the OC and saying, kneel. Like, yeah. three or four times, kneel it, kneel it. And they like, both look at him and just, like, out. wave him off. Yeah. So, like, like just <laughs> do <laughs> anything <laughs> else. Call a timeout. Like, if, if, if your offensive line coach is screaming at you, telling you to kneel, like, there's two people I trust in this world. I trust fat chefs, and I trust offensive line coaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't Your offensive line coach is screaming to kneel the ball. Be like, all, all right, let's hear him out. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's see what he has. Yeah, so uh, with that, Miami loses their first loss of the year. They still have not won uh, a home conference game under Mario Cristobal, so... Let's move on to week seven, and Miami is actually in one of the games we're going to pick, but we're going to start out west. Game of the week, I think game day is there. Everybody is probably there. Oregon at Washington. Washington is currently a two-and-a-half point favorite. The total is 67-and-a-half. Vito, what did you have on this one? So... This game is going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to this. Oregon Washington's always a banger. They're both going to go into the Big Ten. They're both undefeated. They're trying to put a stamp on who's going to win this conference now that USC is looking a little shaky on defense. Uh, this is everything you want if if you're both these teams. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and Washington's at home, two and a half. I think they're going to go ahead and win this, and they're going to cover. I think their offense is is as strong as advertised. They have two NFL caliber receivers. Michael Penix Jr. I've I've championed all season long, and I have a good old friend of mine who's a big old Washington Huskies Huskies fan who who's living in California who's probably watching this right now. And I'm going to shout him out and go, Randy. I am going with Washington Huskies minus two and a half this week. I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to shine. Um, it's going to be a good game, but they're going to come out minus two and a half. I love it. Randy, that's for you. Steve, where, where are you going in this game? We've got one Washington pick on the board. Yeah, it, it, is, a, it is a sexy matchup. Um, I think everyone it's kind of endearingly one. loves uh, Pac-12 football and to see it uh, evaporate in front of our eyes like this is kind of sad, not to get too sentimental. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if there is a year that Oregon is finally going to do the damn thing and, and win a national championship and put together all the pieces and do all the right things. It's, it's at a time where the PAC 12 is as loaded as it is. You know, they're going to have to run a gauntlet. They're going to have to beat a, uh, a bunch of really, you know, two really stout teams uh, in the college ball playoff. Uh, but this is not the year for Oregon. I'm going to pick Washington as well. Um, I, I really, really like Washington's offense and it seems like they're carrying a lot of momentum week in and week out. I, I don't see them any, you know, any any change of pace or any slows on their side of things. So uh, give me Washington to win here at home. Yeah. I, I mean it's it's hard to pick in that Washington offense. Um I think that receiver that was injured, McMillan, I believe, is probable uh for the game. So they get him back. Um offense has been great. Defense has been pretty good. Uh not spectacular. 
I'm actually going to take Oregon. This is kind of a similar thought to me as last week, the Oklahoma game. I think it's kind of a toss-up, even though this isn't a neutral site like last week. I'm going to take the points. For as much love as Washington's offense has gotten, by all kind of the advanced metrics, Oregon is better. So, um, And their defense, I think, might be a little better. Now, the, I think being on the road is a big is a big factor, but I'm going to go Oregon and and take the two and a half. I wish it was three, but it's not. So I'll take Oregon. Nate, where are you going? I'm going uh, over 67 and a half. Uh, two really fun offenses. Uh, I really hope this thing gets pointy. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Big 12, uh, excuse me, Pac-12 football kind of go buck wild. Uh, I love Michael Penix. I think it's, this is going to be another game where he can kind of put his stamp on things. And, you know, it, you know, it's not just Caleb Williams in the Pac-12. He's he's also there. Uh, I'm excited to watch. This is probably my favorite game of the week and probably yeah. over the last few weeks. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We'll have to keep an eye on it while we're up in the press box. Um, maybe oh, there's another game maybe, going maybe, on that time. Maybe one, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, I think, yeah, the thing to watch here, Oregon's de- Oregon has a pretty good passing defense by the numbers, but they also have not seen a lot of passes this year. They're 88th in passes per game defended. So uh, they're going to see a lot, I think, on Saturday. So we shall see. Moving on to our good friend Mario Cristobal. Going on the road to North Carolina. North Carolina is a three and a half point favorite. The total is set at 57. Stieg, can you bet on that dummy Mario? You know, it, it's how, I'm going to sound like an idiot here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the dumbest thing of all time, and I'm going to take Miami here. I like <laughs> when I see a coaching blunder like this, like, Miami was clearly the better team last week. Like, yeah, they made they made, made a few mistakes here and there, but like Miami just looked better, at least from the highlights that I watched. And I just I, to to lose on like a fluke play, like that sucks. Like that that big time sucks. And I I, I have a lot of empathy uh, and sympathy, and I I just I don't think that they're gonna just roll over and heal over at this point. Um, you know they. they they're capable of scoring a lot of points. Um, Drake May is obviously lethal at, at North Carolina, but I just I, I think there might be some ulterior motives for uh, Mario Cristobal and company to go out and win a big game. I don't know why. I don't know why he would need to do that right now. You know, didn't have their athletic director sitting in at his press conference today or anything like that. So yeah, give me Miami on the road. Nathan, is Stieg a big old dummy like Mario Cristobal? No, um, I'm doing something different this week. I kind of I've been on a bit of a rough patch just picking these games against the spread. So these are all over under picks for me uh, this week. Um, I'm going under 57. Uh, I don't trust this Miami team, and uh, only one game Miami's played in this year has gotten over that 57 number. Uh, and Tyler May Dyke sucks, so there's also that. And I, I think UNC could probably get like 45 on their own. I just don't trust Miami to be good enough. 
And Gene Chizik maybe has the defense rolling for UNC? Question mark? <laughs> Ish? Question, question, Good enough? In, question mark. They have been uh, much better. They were in uh, USF territory previously. Uh, they are much more solid now. Uh, a nice 54th in the country in success rate on defense. So do with that what you will. Vito, we've got one Miami pick. We've got one under pick. Where are you going? So I was looking at this. Uh, Miami scored only 20 points this past game. That's the lowest they scored the all season. Before that, the previous low was 38. North Carolina, their low all season is 31. I think Miami's got something to prove. This is a home game for UNC. It is going to be at night on ABC. I think there, there's a lot to be said there. Uh, North Carolina is looking to prove that they're not just another pushover in, in the ACC, and they want to take that coveted, um, keep that coveted undefeated streak going. And if my uh, record's correct, they have a four-game win streak against Miami currently. Um, I'm going to go ahead, UNC minus three and a half. I toyed around with the over on this one, but uh, Nate, you kind of pushed me a little bit that this might turn into a, a tumble fest for Miami if uh, you know Tyler Van Dyke they they can't get over this funk about what the, about that Georgia Tech game. And I just like UNC too much. It's a night game. Uh, I'm just not liking the road team here. I think uh, my uh, UNC is going to cover. I think Miami's a good team, but I just think this game after what happened last week is just uh, it's just bad mojo, and um, I, I I don't think I don't think they'll come up with the victory here. Yeah, I wanted to take Miami. I initially wrote down Miami plus three and a half. Just I thought you know the with all the talk, their numbers, their metrics have been really really good on both sides of the ball. Um, but you go back and look through some of the games now. Last week they were kind of the beneficial. They were uh, on the bad end of some turnovers. Against Texas A&M, it was the other way. There was Texas A&M turned the ball over three times. Um, and, you know, sometimes it just comes down to home field and who the better quarterback is. And I think here it's a wide margin that Drake May is a better quarterback. So I'll take North Carolina as well, minus three and a half. Um, and we'll move on to uh, kind of an under-the-radar game. I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it, but it should be a pretty good matchup. UCLA at Oregon State. Oregon State is a four-point favorite at home. The total is 54-and-a-half, and and I'm actually going to go under that 54-and-a-half. UCLA's defense has been really good. I think Oregon State's defense is solid, and UCLA's offense has struggled a little bit at times this year, going on the road with the freshman. We saw kind of what happened against Utah with that. Uh, Obviously, he's got some more reps under his belt here, but still a difficult place to play. So I'm going to go under 54 and a half. I think this could be kind of a slugfest. Nathan, are you, I see you shaking your head. Is that where you're headed as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of to your point there, UCLA, UCLA's defense has been pretty good this season. Um, coupled with a freshman quarterback who's still kind of finding his sea legs. Um, you saw kind of what Utah was able to do to that offense a few weeks ago. I think they had nine yards rushing um, in that game. It's it's tough sledding for a freshman quarterback who, if you can't run the ball, um, and then on the flip side, you know, Oregon State's a lot of fun to watch. You know, DJ had a really good game last week, um, but I think UCLA's defense is good enough to slow slow down Oregon State, 
and UCLA's offense is just not quite good enough to get to that number. So, yeah, I'm taking the under 54 and a half there. Steve, where are you going on this one? Uh, I know I was the one that like proposed this game and I, I hated it actually. And I regretted ever mentioning that it was happening. <laughs> Sometimes uh, the fun my... games to talk about are not the fun ones to pick. Yeah. Cause there, there's so many factors in play here. I mean, Dante Moore is playing phenomenal football for true freshmen uh, for UCLA right now. Oregon state's got the chip on their shoulder at this point. Uh, UCLA's defense looks really good. Oregon state's offense looks really good. I mean, you could pick a thousand different narratives and storylines here. I was going to agree with you on the under uh, 54 and a half. Um, UCLA's defense, I think, is going to be probably um, the the cornerstone piece for uh, a winner here. Um, But I'm going to go against you so that hopefully I can start regaining my lead at some point and pick UCLA outright. I think Dante Moore is playing very, very good right now. Um, And I I think that he's going to be the Messiah, the next Caleb Williams, if you will, in Los Angeles. So uh, give me, give me the Bruins here. All right, Vito got a couple total plays and then one pick on the Bruins. Where are you headed? We're we're all over the place. We're all on the map here. I'm going to go a totally different direction. Uh, This is a game for me. Uh, I liked both defenses, but Oregon State gave up 40 to a pretty frisky Cal team, and uh, that Cal team actually looks pretty good offensively. Um, but uh, UCLA is is it did play really really well and it went against Washington State last week. I did not expect that to happen. Um, Dante Moore looks good, and it looks like he will be the future. This is, but the thing that's um, spinning me in this direction is a night game at, at Oregon State, and that is a tough place to play. Oregon State won a night game earlier this this year against Utah by playing really strong defense and having timely offense. Uh, one thing to look at is both these teams defensively are giving up less than 100 yards per play, or yards per um, game, um, rather. Um, and they are both running for 200 yards per game each. So that's going to be really fun to see which rush defense can stop the, the other. I'm taking Oregon State minus four. Uh, I think that the home atmosphere is going is, is gonna, to, I don't want to say, uh, rattle Dante more, but you know, push that offense to be more run heavy, and I think that's gonna uh, that's gonna play into Oregon State's hands. And I, I'm just feeling really good for the Beavers right now. Um, I'm full on Oregon State, Washington State right now because take back the pack, baby. Oregon State, go Beavers! All right, let's move to our off the board picks. So this is I'll, I'll go first. This is one that we thought this is a game we thought about picking. Um, I'm a little surprised at where this line is, I'm going to take USC plus two and a half at Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame is, I think they're starting to run on fumes a little bit, right? No buy that early season game. They've played a bunch of high profile games. USC's just been kind of screwing around for, for the whole season. And, but I think their ceiling is much higher than Notre Dame's. And if they hit in this game, I think they'll win outright. So give me USC plus two and a half. Uh, Stieg. What what is your off the board pick? Do you have it ready? Yeah, I do. Um, again, skimming through all the lines, this one caught me by surprise, especially with how the uh, games played out last week. Kansas uh, only favored by three and a half against Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State is exceeding my expectations uh, that I had for them this year, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're any good. And I don't think three and a half really 
is enough uh, for Kansas. So I'm going to take Kansas there uh, to uh, to beat the Pokes. Your beloved Pokes, as you yeah. found out last season. That means you've Just, got a they lot need to rip the bandaid off. <laughs> Let's go to Vito. Do you have, where are you what are you leaning off the board? Do you have a sicko pick this week or are you going more mainstream? Man, I have a sicko pick in the chamber, but there's one that's just completely surprising, especially after last week's game. Louisville minus eight at Pitt. Pitt is terrible. They're horrible. And I get that uh, Phil Dracovich is now playing tight end and whoever the quarterback. No. Louisville, with Jeff Brom right now, has raised that bar of that program to a completely different echelon. And the fact that minus eight? Come on. They are going to, unless they have this ridiculous letdown after that Notre Dame win, um, they're trying to prove something right now. It's going to end up being between uh, Florida State, Louisville, and North Carolina. Who expected that? I am personally rooting because they don't play each other for the three-team undefeated tie at the end of the year (laughs) and have a freaking coin flip decide this. Because no matter what happens, Florida State is not going to not be in that, by the way. <laughs> doesn't matter how that goes. ACC is going to step in and do whatever they're going to do because well-deserved, of course. Um, but would it be, if you're say, undefeated Florida State, would it be better to not be in it? Uh, I Honestly, if you're Florida State, you'd be like, I want nothing to do with that and get another loss. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed, I'm top four. Let's go. Uh, Nathan, no, are you? Yeah, Louisville minus eight. That, that are you going the same? Or you, did you have the same one? Man, Vito. Ugh. I'll retract that and put my sickos pick if you want that one. (laughs) No, it's fine. No, it's totally fine. Um, I'm not picking Louisville straight up with the minus eight. I'm actually going to do the under 46 and a half. I would have picked Louisville at minus eight if uh, homeboy Phil was still the starting quarterback because he is hot garbage, turbo butt. He's absolute (laughs) toilet mate. He is quite literally the worst excuse for a quarterback I've seen in college football. In a very, very long time, and I saw Matt Ploid play football. Mm. When, when Phil Jerkovich right. scores two touchdowns this week, you guys are going to feel silly. Oh, just <laughs> no. wait till you screw the two, he is, <laughs> dimes it up to go up. He is, he to is make soft. It. <laughs> Philly special. They're gonna, he's going to dime one up so to make soft. it Louisville 40, pit eight right at the end of the game here. So, and all right, right I just, ugh. Wow. So Nate went all totals this week. Interesting strategy. Smart man. <laughs> all right, so let's recap. I've got Oregon plus two and a half. Stieg and Vito have Washington minus two and a half. Nate has the over. We will also get Nick Simon's pick. He's not with us this week, uh, but we'll get his picks and have them for next week. Vito and I have North Carolina minus three and a half. Nathan's got the under. Stieg has Miami plus three and a half with a bounce back. Nathan and I both have under 54 and a half in UCLA, Oregon. Vito's got Oregon State minus four, or UCLA, Oregon State rather. Vito's got Oregon State minus four. Stieg is UCLA plus four. I've got USC on the road plus two and a half at Notre Dame. Nate's got under 46 and a half in Louisville, Pitt. Vito's got Louisville side minus eight against Pitt. And Stieg has Kansas minus three and a half on the road at his beloved Pokes. So thank you for watching. Tell us how we did. Please leave a comment, a like, and subscribe. Help us game the YouTube algorithm. We'll be back next week with some more picks. Thanks for watching.